0: Hello. Hi. Welcome to Picket Podcast Episode 2. We'll be talking about a current topic that we feel we should mention.
1: Let's get into the podcast.
0: Today we will be starting with our fan-favorite segment, Weather in America.
1: It has a name now?
0: Sure does. Not a very good name. Not catchy at all. Sorry, you must have missed... How good the joke was. I I had that pre-prepared. Was that a pun? Yeah, you see what I did with mist? Like, the word mist. M-I-S-T ended up sounding like M-I-S-S-E-D. Like, precipitation? Okay, yeah. Okay, you can have have that one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, today's city is... Today's city is... There's...
0: Well... It doesn't say anything here on the cards. Oh, I didn't write a name. I guess we'll just do nowhere. Nowhere, Oklahoma, which is a real place. That exists? Yes, it does. In fact, it's an unincorporated community, uh, and it's home to a lovely stretch of shoreline on the Fort Cobb Reservoir. I conducted my super in-depth analysis of their weather conditions on Monday of this week, and we post on Wednesdays. So for those of you with time machines, look forward to possible snow on Monday and Tuesday, during which you should anticipate highs in the mid-40s and some dips into the low-30s. Hence, you know, the snow. For the rest of the week, get ready to spring into some more temperate conditions. Plenty of nice sun for your time inside.
1: Okay. Oh, I see what you did with the spring one there. But uh, do we need a whole epic written on
0: weather? Yeah, the spring one was another pun. Put a lot, put way too much thought into that. Uh, well, I do have more. I let's can not let's talk.
1: not let's not run the clock here.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's just jump into it. I I I have more, but <laughs> yeah, we're just not gonna we're gonna cut that one there. We're not gonna have. A... Well, you it, said that last time, and it still ended up in the final well, product. Well,
1: it's like two pages. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. In today's episode, we will be breaking out the special episode card for a whole installment on a current topic. Today's topic? You know it all too well if you haven't been living under a rock. It's...
0: drumroll... Coronavirus! Yes. A pandemic which has changed lives all over the world, not just America. But in the lens of this podcast, we'll be concentrating on the U.S., We've been devastated in recent weeks. Over 6.6 million Americans now have to file for unemployment just to make ends meet. And hundreds of thousands in the states have already suffered the effects of this deadly illness. So I would
1: say it's safe to say that all Americans pretty much have been impacted in
0: one way or another. Well, without a doubt. I mean, school closures, um, working from home, work from, from home. Th- work from home. Daily life has been changed until further notice and it's it's placed people's, people's lives upside down.
1: So everyone knows what it is and the health risks so we won't be talking about that today but if you really want to know about that you can go to the CDC's website or coronavirus.gov uh, but a view we want to talk about is how this has drastically altered the chains and systems in smaller areas of life and governance and how that's moving into a bigger level of our whole country things that impact everyone from Tennessee to Tahoe
0: mhm and, and and Jake and I wanted to wanted to interview someone on this on on this subject someone who would be able to give us a better understanding so we were given the tremendous opportunity of speaking with someone very important in a local government in the state of California
1: well yeah we got the chance to speak with the supervisor of Monterey County's 5th district the region has seen a limited number of cases relative to its population at the time of our conversation last week there were 64 confirmed cases and three deaths
0: yeah and i i think that's changed since then you a great resource for tracking county level coronavirus cases uh, live is is the john hopkins website that, yeah that's that's very useful and and there there's a myriad of others but you know, that one's a good one to, to look for. Most data comes from that
1: one, and you're looking at, like, different news
0: things. Most of their data comes from those. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's cut right into it. We'll let her introduce herself.
2: My name is Mary Adams, and I am the 5th District Supervisor for Monterey County.
1: We asked her for perspective on the current status of corona patients in and around her region.
2: People say that it's one of the reasons, of course, is that the numbers are low throughout California, I think, are because there um, are not as many people being tested. But more importantly, I think it's because, particularly as I see it here in Monterey County, we really are following the rules, you know, we really are keeping the distance and staying in. And I think the county itself has made some pretty bold moves. To um, help people follow that rule.
0: She makes a very good point. There's a lot of difficulties surrounding exactly how we can properly determine the number of affected individuals. States like California, which saw themselves at high risk for large coronavirus outbreaks and took immediate preventative action, are certainly seeing positive effects as a result.
1: But our ramification from these stay at home orders on county and statewide is the severe economic impact on the service industry a vital component of her county's economy?
2: The two big driving forces in the uh, Monterey County economy are agribusiness and tourism. Both industries have been severely hit by the coronavirus. If you think about the um, We'll talk about the the tourism side since I think um, this is more your focus. Yeah, Um, There are so many businesses that have been impacted by the stay-in-place order and by the simple awareness of what it is that we're dealing with. So if you think of the numbers of people that we have who are employed in the hospitality industry here in our county, you'll see that many, many, many people are now unemployed we have record people who are going in to apply for unemployment, insured, for um, to get unemployment uh, funding, which is great because the governor and, I think, uh, federally, they have changed the rules, so you can go in and apply for unemployment benefits and get them right away. In the past, there was a waiting period, I think, of three weeks, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But now, you can go in and apply and, and get the funding right away, which is really critical. I believe... Um, one of the last numbers that I saw is um, it's something like we employ in the hospitality industry something like 25,000 people and I would think that most of those people are now um, unemployed because it's very, very difficult for any of the restaurants to stay open or the bars, but it's primarily um, the restaurant and the hotels all, most of the big hotels are closed now uh-huh. um, and so um, the you know so the immediate impact of uh, the coronavirus on um, the the tourism industry are the numbers of people who are out of work. I mean that is just a huge huge issue for us. I think the longer term issue though is that. It's going to take quite a while for our hospitality reputation to come back up so that people who may have been booking big conferences, that's really where a lot of the hotels make Mm -hmm. their significant um, money in the big conferences rather than just, you know, people like us um, uh, going on a little vacation and spending a few nights. It's going to take um, the national businesses who tend to come here for conferences a long time before they're ready to come back and um, and stay at the hotels again. And I say that because if you look at it, our county is simply um, one of the most wonderful places to be able to come and visit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the people who come here come from all over the world, and that has completely stopped. So before that engine can get revved up again, it's going to take some time for everybody else's business You know, and you know, the podiatrists in Cleveland to, um, you know, to have their um, business going well enough to be
1: able to come to a conference, to afford to come to a conference kind of thing. Yeah, and the tourism slash hospitality industry all over America as well is seeing hits like this. Who's to say it's just counties like Monterey? It's hitting all over the nation. I pressed a little more on the agriculture aspect, which he had mentioned previously.
2: We really rely on agribusiness as our primary source of income for our county. Mm -hmm. And trying to imagine the stay in place, the six-foot requirement to stay away from people by six feet. If you see people who are trying to harvest, the time of year right now is harvest time in our county. It's not when we plant, it's when we harvest. Mm -hmm. You see that people work together as a team. You know, they're going down the rows to, say, pick berries or or, or pick broccoli. And Mm. they have to work as a team following some of the large pieces of equipment that go through. To try to stay six feet apart is very, very difficult. But they are making – I'm watching – we have an ag uh, uh, commissioner, uh, an agricultural commissioner – that uh, mm-hmm. gives briefings to us uh, from the, as a Board of supervisor, I, I get to hear these. And he's really doing a great job of staying in touch with the, um, the owners of the companies, essentially, who have the workers in the field to make sure that those workers are being protected. And they're coming up with some pretty creative ways to be able to ensure that they we can get the harvesting done, but that the workers are not put at risk. So, um, again, I think for our county, we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we feed the world through, yeah. the, um, through the agribusiness that we have here. And it's almost like a responsibility that mm-hmm. we have to be able to ensure that we can continue to do that. But we cannot do it at the, um, at the health, health risk of the people who are workers.
0: She elaborated.
2: They have additional water stations so that people are able to wash their hands far more regularly. And they've got a lot of, you know, hand sanitizers and, um, you know, everybody's wearing masks, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing.
0: Masks. What a precious resource these days. That's why I wanted to ask her about the kinds of supplies they're receiving and maintaining on the county level are these smaller communities going to be able to take care of their populations should things take a turn for the worse with this pandemic
2: well you know of course the county uh, has a very large hospital Natividad hospital and a very very big um, uh, health department as well with lots of clinics mm-hmm. so those um, those areas are we've done a pretty good job over the over time to ensure that we have uh, we are prepared for an emergency So I know that um, Natividad Hospital, which is the county hospital, essentially, has always uh, done just such a great job of being able to think ahead and to be prepared. Mm -hmm. So at this point, what we're trying to do, again, going back to the the first thing we were talking about, of what people can do, Mm -hmm. because we are really keeping a handle on where it stands right now, everybody behaving and staying in. It, we hopefully are flattening that curve so that we will not have the surge at the hospital that so many people are seeing, say, in New York. Yeah. We're, we're being more conscious here. So my hope is that we will not get to the point where we have such a, a, a burden on our entire healthcare system that we are not able to have the equipment necessary to, um, to survive. Yeah. But uh, are you asking, though, if we are part of that horrible kind of uh, just um, the machine that people in the East right now are having to go through to get what it is that they need just care for the people in their areas? At this point, we do not have that, um, that. We're not doing that.
1: The hierarchy, the governmental chain of command determines the quantity of supplies and support everyday people end up receiving. We asked her for more
2: um i think that the care package and i think that's what they're calling it that mm-hmm. uh the federal government put forward that th- uh, i think it was a two trillion dollar um uh, uh, package, Yeah, uh, that will definitely be coming down to us um but our county because we are um you know we're kind of low on the pecking order in a certain sense yeah we will not end up getting nearly what some of the other um, bigger areas will get. Um, I think I'm looking for a number. There was um, th- this one package that I know that came through. I think we're only going to end up getting something like, you know, a, five, a half million dollars oh. um, rather than, you know, the billions of dollars that, uh, that come through. But, um, you know, this is all rather new.
0: It's truly shocking to hear what's going on. And for a lot of people who aren't being directly impacted financially or physically, I'm sure it's difficult to fully comprehend individual social aspects of this occurrence.
1: Supervisor Adams commented on this in a very moving fashion.
2: I think, yeah, and that that's about $526,000 that we're going to be getting. And that's going to be, is focused primarily um, on uh, ensuring that We are able to care for some of the homeless, uh, the people who are experiencing homelessness at this point. Yeah, Um, and that's that's. I mean, can you imagine being to honestly how difficult that would be, Mm -hmm. or to be ill and not have a place? And now you're you're better now, so now they have to, you know, turn you away from the hospital Mm -hmm. so that they can keep the beds for somebody who's even more ill than you. But you don't have any place to go to recover yeah you know that's i think one of the things i think about i really just worry so much about the the people who are experiencing homelessness and all of those people who have been laid off from work you know they've struggled They sometimes have two jobs and you know mom and dad both work two jobs and mm-hmm. they've you know cobbled enough money to, together to you know be able to buy a home and You know then all of a sudden wham without even any time to plan yeah it's like the rug being pulled out from under you
1: just starting off and being
2: yeah put into the situation everything right you know doing everything right and you know then here you are without any backup plan it's really tough Mm -hmm. really tough like supervisor adams
1: said many of these people did everything right it's a terrible situation, a disaster for hardworking Americans who just can't catch a break. Without a doubt, what's taken place will have a long-lasting impact on the society and governance of the nation.
0: She took things big picture and long term, concluding our interview with a brilliant commentary on American life today and tomorrow.
2: You know, I, I, uh, I feel like this isn't a very exciting uh, conversation. Oh no, because... it's very... Well, thanks. But I, you know, I think that all of us, every single solitary one of us is going through this for the first time Yeah, and, you know, you try to think of what, you know, what do we know? You know, there's no, we can't look back on experience yeah. and be able to um, figure out the next steps. And I, I really worry too that we might become cavalier, that, you know, oh wow, look Monterey County, we only have sixty four cases. This is great. Yeah. But if we if we back away, if we start to get lax about this, it's really gonna backfire on us. I think the reason that we only have sixty four cases at this point is because we you know, we just really have been working hard at, at following the rules. Yeah. I think as well, you know, I really worry about um the numbers of people who could have it and are walking around ill you know it's like you know are they zombies yeah do they have something mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but you know honestly you don't know and I think that's one of the reasons why the mask I think is a really good idea not to keep um yourself not to keep, to keep yeah to keep so that you don't spread it not uh-huh. that you don't get it, but that you don't spread it, I think, uh, is one of the things that's, you know, important about uh, doing a mask. I uh-huh. my my little circle is pretty small, and um, it includes two women who have breast or going through breast cancer oh. right now, and a 98 year old. So it, yeah. you know, it's kind of I have to really be careful about what it is that I do. So I've been wearing a mask every time I, you know, I need to go out. Yeah. I think that that may, that we may change the way um, our economy runs oh. in the future, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just can see that. The other thing I worry about is I just hope that we don't lose the, the human touch because if oh. you think about it, you know, we're doing everything remotely. You know, you and I are having our you know, little relationship building here. Yeah. Remotely. But we're not and even if we were on Zoom, yeah. It's just different. You know, I I worry that I don't want us to end up being um turning into um like people who are uncomfortable being around other people. Yeah. Because we're in our silos. And someone said I was talking to one of the physicians that's involved with all of this and he said that the only thing that this you know you could possibly relate to was this, the uh, spanish flu which was you know more than 100 yeah. years ago and uh you know there are people that i know who tell stories about their grandparents and you know what happened with them uh-huh. a friend of mine's grandmother um was living in Colorado and her brother was living in New York and he he was very ill he got the spanish
1: flu oh. so
2: she left her husband and her little baby and got on a train and went to New York to get her brother and bring him back to Colorado to care for him wow and by the time she got back her husband who she had you know left to go get the brother had caught spanish flu and had died wow so i mean what a tale And then, you know, it's just, it's an interesting story. And I I know that um, that we will have lots and lots of interesting stories. Lots of stories to tell. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, uh, we don't want to keep you here for too long. So thank you for doing this interview with us. It really means a lot.
2: Well, thank you for asking me. And I really wish you well with uh, Pickett. I uh, hope that you uh, are able to get followers and that you enjoy doing what you're doing. Thank you. And I appreciate very much what you are doing, You know, reaching out to people. And um, my hope is that this is how we'll keep that human connectivity.
1: Yeah, we got to keep connected. That's it. All right. Thank okay. you.
2: That's, all right. Bye bye. Have a good
1: day. Thanks.
0: was a truly inspiring interview. We got some great insight into what it's like to be part of government in the bodies that really affect change for everyday Americans.
1: Especially in such a different time for governance and everything as a whole.
0: Yeah, coronavirus is certainly testing our leaders, and it's it's demonstrating the importance of understanding the roles which regional members of our government play in sustaining our condition and ensuring that we can live happy and healthy lives.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely something interesting that
0: you should really
1: think about regional government, that these people are here on the front lines helping. And I think that's something that's being avoided right now by some coverage.
0: We have a tendency to focus on the federal government and big players, uh, like the, like the president or members of, of Congress. Um, but, uh, it's, it's people like Supervisor Adams that, that really have, uh, a lot of, a lot of sway in how we respond as a people to this, to this crisis. And it's, it, it's reassuring to know that there are people like Supervisor Adams fighting for us and working to secure our livelihood.
1: Yeah. I mean, right now, it's definitely an economic uncertainty for most people. Those are just uncertain times ahead of us. We don't know what waters we're about to trail.
0: Uh, Supervisor Adams did a very great job of expressing the nature of the impact of coronavirus and especially the massive effect it's going to foster upon members of the population who are... At the margins uh, of the economy, who are are struggling to hang on by every paycheck? She made it. She made it human. She she made it personal, and and that's something that we really need to see more of in our political leaders.
1: Yeah, it's exposing. It's not just exposing flaws in our system, as many people say, but exposing who's helping
0: and who's here for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because uh, it, it's 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 Amazon workers. It's it's farm workers who who hold up who hold up our american society and without them without them um, it would it would be an even worse disaster there are some very fundamental american ideologies that are being that are being put to work that are being tested here right now i think that sort of uh,
1: connects into what we talked about on last week's episode and freedom some people are just thinking oh it's okay i can still I'm free, freedom. I'm gonna go outside and go put all these people at risk, but that's something that shouldn't be happening.
0: And how do we control that? it's It's certainly a problematic, uh, a problematic sentiment during these times. During others, uh, American freedom is, is vital. it's it's part of our culture. But during these periods, um, wherein we rely on one another to ensure uh, communal, Safety, it's a matter of whether or not we should be limiting it. And it's a dangerous line to walk. This is the type of thing that's going to happen over a long period of time. And we can't be 100% certain how it's going to play out in the coming years. So at the moment, all we can do is prepare and hope for the best. Supporting our hospital workers and our government ensuring that we abide by social distancing guidelines. We're all in it together. It's uncharted territory, and hopefully we come out of it more strong than we went into it. Well, that'll have to do it for today's special episode of the Pickett Podcast.
1: Also, uh, thank you to our guest today, Supervisor Mary Adams of the 5th District of Monterey County for taking the time to talk
0: to us about this issue. It really was an honor to be able to ask the questions that people want to know. Well, on that note, see you on the picket fence with us next time.